Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Field, that one's called to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would. It, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like. Now, to your hosts. All right, welcome in, baseball fans. Red Sox beat CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox on Twitter at CLNS Media. Search it on Facebook. Don't forget the mobile podcast app as well for all the shows on the network. And, of course, we're on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Almost forgot our Twitter handle. It's been so damn long. Uh, Facebook, Red Sox beat podcast. A lot going on. Don't forget to check everything out. And, um... Yeah, we've taken a little hiatus. I don't blame us, though. No one does, because there's been literally nothing to talk about. Guys, this is probably, not kidding, like the slowest offseason for any sport I've lived to see. It's terrible. It's brutal. There's, like, I'm so bored. You got David Ortiz at Winter Weekend being like, what's going on? Why isn't anybody signed? Is there, are we going to play baseball this year? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and it, it's, right. it's, it's ridiculous. Spring training is in like three weeks. Truck days in a few weeks. And we're at this point where now like J.D. Martinez is still a free agent. And it looks like he's going to take this into spring training. Um, guys, I don't know what's going on. But like oh, oh, the problem with the way that everything's been ha- being handled is if people are really waiting for J.D. to sign – then no one's going to be signed going into spring training, and then all of a sudden people are going to start dumping themselves into camp halfway through. I really thought it was going to be a domino effect once Stanton was gone. I was like, here it goes. Like It's going to be free agent after free agent. It's going to be like trade after trade, but no, it's been a stalemate. And I mean, I can tell you exactly what's going on with J.D. Martinez, and it's his agent, it's Scott Boris. It's, he's the reason J.D. doesn't have a team right now and he's going to sit out until he gets that max deal that Boris believes he can get. And the problem is too is Scott Boris is the guy in charge of everybody. Like all the major players that are left are Scott Boris clients. So and it seems like this group is very unified. Like like you know in the past it's always been I'm going to get my money. Okay, but you know what Scott just get me a deal I want to play. Everyone that's, that's out there right now seems pretty set in waiting this out and, and you know getting top dollar for what they think they're worth. But like don't 
don't guys like get worried? Like, <laughs> don't you want to settle into a team and like you know settle in and go into spring training? Like, if I were, if I, I feel like if I were a player, hard to put myself in those shoes. But if I was a player, I feel like I wouldn't want to wait that long. But like, if Scott, if Scott Boris is my agent, I'm not worried. No, not at all. But if you have the, I, I've heard this conversation too um, over the last four weeks that we haven't been on, and it's a combination of it, what's what baseball is because like, like for example, like football training camp you have to come in early enough to learn a playbook you have to come in and do all that stuff but for baseball you can get signed whenever you want as long as you're somewhat in shape you can come in halfway done through spring training and then start taking batting practice and fielding ground balls like that's not a problem it's so much easier for guys to hold out in baseball because it's not as hard of a let's come in halfway through spring training as it is to coming in halfway through a football training camp or something like that Right, because spring training is so long and there's so many games, yeah. And it's baseball. That's, You're not learning true. a playbook. You're not doing, like, learning right. plays. It's, oh, what's the first and third sign? Great, cool, good, thanks, I'm caught up. Like You know how to swing the bat? Yes? Okay, great. Yeah, you still yeah. can hit the ball. Good. Right. But, like, is Martinez going to get, is he going to get, you know, more of a, more of a deal? Because it doesn't seem like people want to commit to him for seven years so, or, I mean, or even six, I guess. The Red Sox offered 5-125. and 125. It seems like that's what's out there for him right now. Um, I know other teams are involved. Originally, you know was, more than that, right? and I think the Red Sox are top. So obviously, if he really is for the money, and that's the only best offer, that's the best offer he has, he's going to be in a Red Sox uniform. And we've all been pretty much pretty sure that this is their play at this point because who else are they going to get when they weren't in for anybody? They didn't even try for Stanton, and it seems like their guy has been JD Martinez this whole time, and it seems very a foregone conclusion that at some point he will be in a Red Sox uniform this year, which is great. That's what they need. But at the same time, are they going to have to start outbidding themselves? Are they already outbidding themselves? Because there was an initial report it was $100 million, and now it's 125 So, like, are they outbidding themselves just to make this go faster, which could also be a problem. But in the same sense, like, why wouldn't they... I, I guess, are they trying to... <laughs> Are they trying to be unlike themselves and, and, and not just blow a ton of money? Because they've done that several times. So we've seen Hanley, Pablo, yep. you know, Price. It happens all the time. So what's so my question is, like, what's different about now? Why aren't they going to do the same thing with Martinez? Is what they always do. It hasn't worked out so well. But, like, why don't they just throw more money at him and just get him? Because I think that this time they know they have the best offer, whereas before they didn't. And... But the timing, though, is crazy, too, because you're saying, like, oh, why not do it now, which is crazy, because this year was the year they came out and said, we're going to spend money. We're not afraid to spend money. And now they're holding back. Like, if you really want J.D. Martinez, just pay him. Give him more, and he'll come. Give him what he wants, and he'll come right now. So it makes it seem like they don't want him as much, or at least not more than or they Or they lied through their teeth when they said they cared about they didn't care about the money, and they still do. One of the two. I mean, I'd be I don't more think inclined anyone's going to get... About the money. I don't think anyone's going to commit to the guy for seven years. That's seven the problem. Freaking years. That's seven a long years. time. He, he's not 22 years old. You know, he's 30. He'll be 30. Isn't he so 30, 31? Right. Like, he's out there, right? I think, I think he's 30, yeah. So, so seven, even, even five years is a, is a big commitment for someone who's, who's his age, but it's, I mean, I'd rather five than seven or, or like four with an option, even five with an option. Like, it's just, I mean, he's, you said it earlier, Jared. He's going to take this into spring training. He's going to have a team the, the week before the season starts or, like, a week before spring training ends. Like, who knows? It's, this is the dumbest, this is the dumbest, most boring offseason ever. And the fact that we can talk about J.D. Martinez week after week when he still doesn't have a team is ridiculous. Like, I can't, ima- I can't remember the last time, like, people were so, like, honed in on winter weekend just because, like, 
there's nothing else going on. It's like the first co- time we've seen Alex Cora or like any of these guys since like when Stanton signed and when Cora was officially announced. Like no one's being talked about. And then Chris Sale had to break his own news, which we can talk about too. But like he's saying, he's working with staff to try to get healthier to last longer and then last make his endurance be better. That's awesome. But like that shouldn't be breaking news this offseason because we all know that's coming. But like that's what we're going to start talking about now because like the offseason's over. Like. That's it. In three weeks, there's spring training to talk about, and there's reports, and there's ga- there's spring training games in three weeks, and no major players are off the free agent board. Well, that's the thing, too, is weird as some people are, like, pinning it on, like, oh, the Red Sox have done nothing this offseason, but it's a league-wide thing. Yeah, like, nobody, it. since Stanton, like, nobody's done anything, so it's not just a Red Sox thing, it's a whole league thing for whatever reason, I don't know, but it's been strange. I mean, I, I always hate the off season. We all know that. I, I I don't like talking about speculative things and where could this guy go and where could this guy get traded. So for me, it's been like glorious, right? Because I hate that stuff anyway, and <laughs> nothing's happened. But in, in turn, nothing's happened, so there's nothing to talk about. So. Yes, yeah, so there's nothing even concrete. There's no there's no press conferences. There's no deals. There there's no bad contracts to debate if it's worth the money. That sort of thing. There's nothing. Like MLB Hot Stove is called Hot Stove for a reason because every year there's besides Stanton there's been nothing right there's gonna be some time here soon where we're just gonna have a ton of talk, ton to talk about one week when uh, when everything goes down assuming that happens at some point I guarantee you JD's <laughs> the first one to go it has to be because everyone else is waiting for him and once that happens and I've been sticking with this it just hasn't happened everyone else is going like I guarantee you people have plan B's and plan C's so when JD goes to the, comes to the Red Sox then it becomes a oh crap let's call him hey you in yep great okay hey you in yep great okay you in yep great okay see you in a couple <laughs> weeks see you, see you tomorrow like everybody the, all at once it's gonna happen like that and you're right about that we're gonna be talking about it like one week's gonna be like a four hour show because literally everything's <laughs> just gonna we're gonna make up for the four shows we didn't do this off season because of the fact that there was nothing to talk about um the fa- and you know it was bad, and, and we'll talk about this now because it's a, kind of a decent segue, that the news of the offseason was the arbitration stuff that the Red Sox were dealing with because literally it's the only thing that came out of that clubhouse was the fact that they ex- any, everyone except for Mookie Betts avoided arbitration. Great. And now everyone's like, oh, well, nothing's happened, so let's make it a big deal that Mookie Betts has to go to arbitration. It's not that big of a deal, guys. No. Right. That, that, that's, the, that's the biggest story of the offseason is – Arbitration, like woohoo! Arbitration, the biggest story. Which happens every year. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and last year we talked about arbitration when Fernando Abad went to not court, but essentially baseball it's court. It's baseball to court hearing. Fight right? over like yeah. five dollars worth of arbitration. I'm like, we don't, we don't, we don't even have that to talk about. No. What's well, the thing with arbitration too? Like people are like, oh, you're not going to have Mookie. Guys, you're going to have Mookie next year. It's not a debate of whether he's going to be here. It's a debate of what you're paying him, because arbitration is built into the contracts. It's just a matter of when that time comes, then you have to agree on the amount for that year. They're the only. He's the only one I didn't agree with, which means, yeah, when you go to negotiations to extend his contract, there's going to be some hurt feelings when you probably have to go into court and, or arbitration hearing, baseball court, and rag on the guy a little bit to convince them that you don't, he doesn't, you don't owe him that much money. But like, He's still going to be here this year. That's 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 a given. He's going to be in your outfield for at least 2018. And that's a good thing. Yeah, because we need him. Are you, are you guys con- are you guys concerned at all that, about his future in a Red Sox uniform? No. I think they'd be foolish to not get him to not keep him because, you know, 
if you can prove that you can play in Boston, you're a keeper. <laughs> Lauren, what would you do? Oh, yeah. th- what would you do for the Red? Like, would you ever abandon the Red Sox? Like, if they didn't sign Mookie Betts, like I know Lester was tough, but like Mookie Betts is like the guy now. And if they just didn't sign him, I mean, if I can get through 2003, I can get through. <laughs> God forbid they get rid of Mookie, I'll get over that. I got over Lester. I got over a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, we're I in mean, this for the long haul, right? <laughs> I don't think I could ever... I, I stuck through Bobby Valentine. I don't Ugh. think I could ever abandon them. Bobby, I don't. Bobby those, V those was my awful. Guys. Bobby V was awful. Um, but, I'm reading David Ortiz's book right now, and he railed on Bobby V. I'm not oh surprised. No one liked Bobby V. That was the dumbest hire ever. Yeah, they were all. He, he, Ortiz was talking about how they they wanted him gone in the first like two weeks of the season. Of course, like, they, they were like, so "All right, guys, bad. let's fire let's fire this guy because he's the worst." <laughs> they hated him. Uh, not surprised. He yeah, we we started from eye-opening. afar. We weren't even there, and we knew they didn't like him because we were like, "How would anyone want to put up with that?" It's just not not something that matters. But you know, going back to the arbitration situation, it just speaks to why they need to get a deal done because it's I, I don't know if it'll happen this year like during the season it probably won't um, but they're going to have to get a deal done and they're going to have to make up and kiss and, and figure this out with Mookie because your outfield for long term is going to be Benintendi, Mookie and maybe JBJ maybe not we'll see especially if JD's coming in um, you don't know if he's going to play outfield right away. Is he coming into DH primarily? Like, what is his role if he comes in here too? That's a big picture because everyone's like, oh, he's going to play outfield. But like, well, he might not because Hanley might not be an everyday player anymore, or he might n- not work out. Like, what do you do at that point? Um, are they waiting to make a trade that once they sign JD, then they can trade Jackie Bradley for something else? That's probably a thing too. You just don't know because nothing's happened. Right, because that's what I thought was going to happen. You know, two months ago they were in. A- get JD and then trade trade Jackie but since that hasn't happened obviously but now you got Hanley talking about how he's going to hit 40 home runs again apparently <laughs> he's, well, he wants to be Miami Hanley again right I don't know how you can just flip a switch from one season to the next alright I'm be good this year yeah this year we're going to take off alright 40 home runs again guys I'm sorry I don't think it works that way I mean if he can by all means let's decide to love him back sure. Yeah, I'll take 40 home runs. Yeah, totally. it, see, it sounds like he's playing more first this year, is what I'm getting. I've, I've read a couple things that um, he's going to be doing a lot more platooning with Mitch Moreland like we thought he was supposed to do last year. Um, because <laughs> Until injury X, Y, Z, happen. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I think Mitch Moreland and him will be, be playing first base a lot consistently like every other, not every other, but like it'll be more of a 50-50 split, I think, this year because they don't want Mitch Moreland to play every game. They didn't last year, and they're bringing him back. I don't think they're going to want him to do it this year. And that was the point of last year was to have him do that, and then he didn't, and then he was tired because he played too many games. So if you can get that, that's great because Moreland was already super effective playing more than they meant for him to. If he's playing less, I think he's going to be even better. So I hope for both their sakes that Hanley can just stay on the field, quit his injuries, and split some time with him. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, one more thing before we go to more non-Red Sox news, because there's, so- there's more exciting Major League Baseball news than there is Red Sox news. Um, Sale, I mentioned it at the winter weekend, um, which I, I just think is stupid, but whatever. Um, but you get some interviews, and, and Chris Sale was pretty candid about it. He said, I'm working with staff um, to work on the fact that I need to be able to last later into, later into seasons, and he, he, wasn't hi- and he never does. He doesn't hide anything. But 
it's good to hear it. It's good to hear it. I don't think a thing like that where it's supposed to just be about the Red Sox being there and the fans being there that he came out and said, hey, we knew it was a problem. I've been working with the staff and my endurance is my number one priority, which is huge because it's been a problem his entire career. Yeah, yeah. We, like that's a lot of a lot of games. It's easy to get gassed, and I mean, I'm all for getting more strength, getting stronger, and I mean, we don't have to worry about going deep into games. But I mean, anything to make you stronger and make you stay off the DL and not get injured in the long run, I'm all for. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely good. It's good that he realizes he needs to make a change since he has has worn out as time's gone on, but. I think the key for me with him, and I don't know if this is going to happen because it's just who he is, but I think lowering the strikeouts really would help him get quicker outs, get ground outs, get fly outs, and then, you know, not throw so many pitches. Because, you know, he had a lot of 115, 120 because he got 8 to 12 strikeouts, and, you know, he almost got the the Red Sox record in strikeouts, which was awesome and it's great. But I just feel like for his sake, for not getting more tired and not – you know, not wearing out like he did, getting less strikeouts would be better for him, in my opinion. I think part of that's going to go on to Cora, too. Um, you know, knowing when to pull him out, because I don't think John Farrell was ever going to pull him out when he was pitching that well. <laughs> like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it comes down to some manager decisions. Like, hey, you're pitching really well, but you're at 100. You're, you're done. Like, you could go one more and get to 120 and throw the complete game, but I got a guy out there that I trust in the bullpen. We're going to let him finish the game. Great night. Like, it's things like that, especially in a day and age where no one pitches eight innings anymore. No one goes past the fifth because everyone tries to outsmart each other in the bullpen side of things. No one cares about complete games anymore. No. It's crazy. Right. So a good outing for a starter is four innings. Like, in the playoffs, you saw it all the time. This this past playoffs, it was, oh, we went four innings. That was a great start. That's terrible. Four innings is a terrible start. It's like six innings for regular season and four innings for the playoffs now. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's like, wh- what happened to eight innings? What happened to nine innings? Like, what happened to needing to go seven and just going eight, nine, set up relief and closer, and that's it? Like, why do I need to have right. six people come out of the bullpen when a starter's capable of going eight innings? And that's what they want now. They want all the bullpen guys to pitch and their whole arsenal of, of five through nine of their relievers. Yeah, it's, it's true. stupid. It is. But yeah, if Sale can pitch less, that would be helpful. I mean... Obviously, us as fans, we wanted to go nine innings. We wanted to go eight innings because that's more exciting. And like, oh yeah, you can get fifteen strikeouts. But if that means that he's going to fizzle out at the end of the year and we're going to lose in the first round, that's not worth it in the grand scheme. But it's things, not even so. like he has to go like five. Like he could do it in seven. Seven's right. fine. Like that's still more than normal nowadays. Pitches seven innings. Yeah, yeah, done. Boom. Get your strikeouts. You might lose on a couple strikeouts here and there, but like he still had so many last year. It doesn't really matter. And then you save your arm and think how many pitchers you're now saving for the end of the year. Right. I'd rather have him pitch, you know, six, seven innings every every game for the next five seasons than have him miss an entire season due to like Tommy John surgery, God forbid. I mean, just the way he throws makes me nervous. Cause I'm like, hey, like that. I, I don't know. I always get nervous about Tommy John surgery and pitchers, obviously, but the way he throws, he's obviously, he throws hard and he throws hard through the eight plus innings he pitches. He, and you know, we saw he it last year, hurt, which is extremely good, but it still <laughs> worries me where it's like, I'm waiting for the day. Just his elbow just fall off. Like he just pitches and it's just on the ground because <laughs> It, it, I mean, we see him get gassed at the end of the season, and I mean that's I think that's normal for somebody who pitches as much as he did last year. Um, you know, we got 300 strikeouts last year; it was insane. Three so, eight. I mean, like anything, 
anything to make him stronger, make his arm stronger, and get him, I guess, more rest is, would be we would be a good way to say it. I'm all for because I we need him. We absolutely need him through the season and through the playoffs. Even though he wasn't the best last season, he's 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 needed. Yeah, especially seeing now that you're no longer the favorite to win the division, you need your pitching to overcome the deficits that you might have in the lineup. Because this lineup, like even if you add JD Martinez, this lineup is going to need to figure it out because you're going to have a lot of guys who are going to have to step it up this year. And you know. The Mookie Betts, Dustin Pedro when he's back, uh, Devin Marrero, Benintendi, going to be relying on some younger guys for a whole year on top of the fact that these guys have to hit. So pitching is going to be huge this year, and I think you still have a better rotation than the Yankees, but th- that needs to actually be a thing, and you need to be able to pitch well all year to, to kind of offset GL and Carlos Stanton and the home runs that are going to be flying out of that wiffle ball stadium in the Bronx. So it's just you, you need Chris Sale all year, and... I'm intrigued to see if he can pull it off because we went over this last year towards the end when it started to dip a little bit. His whole career, it's been like this. He hasn't been able to do it. Um, so now he's got to really take a hard look in the mirror. And Alex Cora has got to be firm. He's got a number a bit good none of challenges this year as a first-year manager, but that's, that's going to be one of those like sneaky, tough ones to figure out um, is managing your ace because you don't want to wear him down. And it's going to be easy to keep his ace in like Farrell did. But like as a first-year manager, it's like, oh, Chris Hale's got it. I don't need to do anything. It's great. Like He's got to know. And he's got he's got to come out there and go, Chris. Sorry, give me the ball. Like you're done, and that, that that's going to take some stones from a first year manager for sure. He just better hope Chris Sale doesn't have a pair of scissors in his pocket. Yeah, right. Oh, you liked your <laughs> uniform, coach? Sorry, my bad. <laughs> like oh. no. And then you got then you got him, and then you got Price, and if he can pitch, and if you know if he can be effective, and if he can make baby too. How wonderful is it that we are in the off season? And we don't have to crap all over David Price and his Twitter scheme. Like, this is... I'm going to check on Twitter right now and the last time he tweeted. I was like, when was the last I, time he tweeted? I feel like he's been quiet. I feel like he yeah. listened to our show and he listened to us. David well, wanna, Price. While you look that up, um, back to the David Ortiz book, because I enjoyed this. I read it tonight when I was at the gym. Uh, he talked about his, his spat with David Price and Ortiz talking about it with Price in 2013 when he hit the two home runs off him. Remember? And Price Mm -hmm. said that he was showing him up and everything because he wasn't running around, that whole thing. And Ortiz talked about that. And um, I didn't know this, but Ortiz said that Price called him. And he said, man, why'd you embarrass me like that? (laughs) I love it. Ortiz said, I didn't agree with the way he was putting it. I told him that I never tried to embarrass him unless he gave me a reason to. Eventually, I said, quote, listen, you're a great player. Stop showing people that this stuff bothers you. It makes you look soft. And I was just like, this is so perfect because all we talked about all season was how soft he was. And now we get David Ortiz sitting here call, talking to him on the phone, telling him he's soft because of what happened. That I can just see him like right? David Ortiz sitting down in a like, nice little armchair. Some scotch and a cigar. He's like, man, you soft. Man, you soft. Come drink scotch with me. You soft. Uh, so David like, Price. We're teammates now, but did you really do that four years ago? <laughs> oh, David Price, last retweet, his last retweet was on uh, January 14th, so 10 days ago, and it was from it was a LeBron James tweet that he retweeted. His um, He last tweeted himself on January 12th. Wow. He said, ease up, days cool. What, oh, but it's He's probably fighting. nothing bad because we haven't talked about it. Like last year, you didn't know he tweeted, but then it just came up that he tweeted. Yeah, because he was just, I mean, I can understand, like, you know, making fun of yourself is, you know, like, okay, we get it, but all season, and it was like, oh, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better. Shut up, then, and I just do better. 
I don't think he cares anymore, to be honest with you. I hope no. he doesn't. I hope this season, like, opened his eyes. I think, like, between the whole, like, Eckersley thing and well, like, he all even, the drama he pitched, well. he pitched pretty well last year when he was on the mound. Um, yeah, and it was just overshadowed because of yeah. the drama going on with him, the team, everybody. So, I think I think it was eye-opening. I think he realizes that, like, it's Boston. And, yeah, the media is going to get in your face if you do the slightest thing wrong or slightest the, anything could be the smallest thing and the Boston media will blow it out of proportion and I think he realizes that and it's time to it's time to grow up just go out there and pitch that's all we want you to do I promise we, we want you to pitch well and we will love you we will buy your jerseys we will praise you just pitch well I think he's gonna do this year I think he will um I, I think last year he was hurt and that's partially why he, he was obviously I wasn't on the mound the whole time Last year he pitched well. I think his numbers are only going to get better. And if they're really knuckling down and focusing on things this year, then with a new manager too, I can't imagine his numbers won't be there. What I what I kind of meant though by saying that like he doesn't care anymore is I feel like he's taking it to the other extreme of like, oh, all this stuff happened to me, so now I'm just going to be like this guy who just doesn't care about anything. Like screw Boston, screw the fans. Like yeah, gonna, I feel like he's going to take do, it. It's too like I'm going to do my time and get out. Like right. That's going to. I, I feel like he just does, he doesn't care about like the city and the organization anymore. I could be totally wrong about that. I, I honestly just, think he cared. Could... He came for the money. He wanted to go right. to St. Louis. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's where he oh, wanted, yeah. That's where he wanted the to guy. be. <laughs> um, all right. That, enough Red Sox. Before we move on to the baseball side of things, don't forget basketball fans. Um, obviously, your favorite uh, hardwood heroes are full swing. Full swing. And it's it's time for you to put your fancy knowledge to the test to win huge cash prizes every night. You can play one-day fancy basketball at DraftKings.com at DraftKings. There are so many ways to play. You choose from public contests, huge cash prizes, um, or even a private contest where you can kind of compete against your friends. If you haven't done already, it's fantastic. You're even beginner in casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skills. So if you're new, you don't have to hide. You don't have to you feel like you're going to lose. You got you got you got leagues for you too. And the best part is you get to draft a new team each day. And drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy. The only thing better is winning cash doing it. Just ask Dan from St. Louis or Jeremy from Austin. They both turned a three dollar entry into a thousand bucks. Huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings.com. So check it out. Use our code CLNS if you haven't already at DraftKings.com to play for free with your first deposit for a share of the ten thousand dollars in total. Prizes tonight. Don't wait. Use our code CLNS at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup, and you can seriously cash in tonight. That's code CLNS only at DraftKings.com. The game inside the game. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, before we get out of here, Red Sox have been there, We've, but not really newsworthy. Major League Baseball made a splash in the last week with some news. Um, first, let's talk about this because this is the news that has been kind of swirling around lately. We all know Jess Mendoza was going back to Sunday Night Baseball. Um, Aaron Boone is now the manager of the Yankees. Uh, so he, he's being replaced, and they are also they were looking for a new play-by-play guy as well. First, let's start with Matt Vaskersian. He is the new play-by-play guy. Um, he is going to redeem his roles at MLB Network, so host some shows, do some stuff there, but he is the guy on Sunday Night Baseball. Love the hire. I have no problem with him. He's fantastic. He's always good. It's like going to be like watching the show, the video game, every Sunday night now. But I think Matt Vasgersian is one of the better guys out there. I think he's very, very, very good at what he does. Um, and he'll definitely help John out Jess Mendoza, which is good. Yeah, he's one fantastic. of my favorite announcers. Yeah, he's he's great. I mean, I love him on video games. He is the video game voice. And he's been my favorite 
video game voice for a long time, and every time I hear him on TV, I'm like, ah, there's that. There's that. There's the show voice, yeah. as Jared said. So like, when yeah. I got the alert, I was like, "The video game guy." Yeah, <laughs> he's just such a smooth voice. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch much Sunday Night Baseball, and um, this would make me more likely to because I really dig the guy. Yeah, so, I think good, good hire. Very, very good, good hire. very good strategy. And I think another good hire that they made, uh, which people might not agree with me, was Alex Rodriguez. Um, a Rod is replacing Aaron Boone. As the analyst, as Jess is shaking his head at me, um, I'll let you go first because I think this is absolutely fantastic. I love this so much. Um, he is going to keep his duties at Fox, so he's going to be uh, pre and post game for postseason games when that comes back around in October, uh, in November. So he will be doing that as well. But Sunday night baseball is his responsibility alongside Jess and Matt. Yeah, a rod. Um, I can see why people like you would think he would be good because. He has done some announcing now with Fox, like you said, and yes, he knows what he's talking about. I guess his voice is okay. I still hate his voice because he's A-Rod. But um, I just don't like it because it's the whole, like, oh, everyone hates you during your career, and now we're going to try to make you into a good guy by making everyone like you. And I get the point of that, and it's good for him. It makes sense for him because, you know, when he was at his lowest with the whole with the whole steroid and the whole, the whole like front to end this is what happened this is how he rigged the system and sneaked around all of all of the tests so that they wouldn't find out he was doing steroids and all that that was so disgusting and i can never look past that so you can be as great of an answer as you want to be i have trouble looking past that and i don't like the whole trying to make him look good because everyone hates his guts so it makes sense as a good hire it works for him and people like him but i absolutely hate it for all those reasons i just said i mean the only reason i mean i like i like the hire um, but when, you know, we've said it when it's like, oh yeah, he knows what he's talking about, so he'll be good. It's like, yeah, Jess Mendoza knows what she's talking about too, and she's unbearable to listen to. Uh, Aaron Boone wasn't even that bearable to listen to, and he knows what he's talking about. And I think I said it to you guys. I'm kind of comparing it to, um, when CBS hired Tony Romo, and I know like vastly different people. Tony Romo, he was easy to crap all over because he was always injured, and he just they choked in the playoffs, played for the Cowboys, kind of thing. Um, A-Rod is obviously very hateable, even by Yankees fans. Yankees fans don't even like him. So, all in all, I do like it. I think I'm going to end up loving him, which pisses me oh, off it's gonna no be fan- It's going to be fantastic. I think, I think he's going to do a fantastic job. Um, I mean, I hate everything that he stands for in baseball with the whole steroid thing. But... And- the end of the day you know he's in the booth now and he's on, on the field so i can kind of be like okay whatever he's not hitting home runs against us anymore but uh i'm gonna love him i know i'm gonna love him and i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, hate myself the biggest it. the biggest reason why i think it's a good thing and this is almost more towards mendoza is that it's gonna drown out just mendoza and i love it because Matt Vaskersian is so good at his job that that's why I'm going to watch and I'm going to ignore everything else around it because I want to listen to him call the game. But A-Rod, it's one way or the other. For a lot of people, it's going to be like or hate. And if he's good at yeah, what he does, which I think he will be, then you're going to tune in, you're going to listen to A-Rod, you're going to want to hear him talk, and you're going to forget about Jess and her problems. But if he's bad, now there's a bigger target on his back and you still ignore her. So it's kind of like a win-win for her too because she's bringing more there's more now more talent around her so she's going to be forgotten about um there's going to be a lot less i think jess mendoza hate articles this year uh from people including myself so overall 
fantastic. He's really good in studio. I'm intrigued to see how he does in game, though, just because he's really good at like breaking things down, stances, exp- explanations. It's going to be start to be quick hitter explanations, so I'm intrigued to see it. But I do love the Tony Romo analogy because that's like spot on. It's going to be a can you shut up enough to talk and get off, talk and get off, and not keep talking, keep talking. Because Tony Romo got nauseating after a while because he just kept predicting what was going to happen. And then, oh, I love it though. In I the AFC title game, he started talking about. He started praising the Jaguars like it was his life. Um, so there's some stuff like that. But I'm intrigued. I, I Overall, I love A-Rod in terms of the hire, not the player. But, like, how can you guys justify enjoying listening to him talking about a game that he cheated his way through? I guess that's the part that I can't get past. It's yeah, like he cheated, knowing- but, like, that means – so that means you're telling me that if, like, Kurt Schilling or when he did it or Barry Bonds or anybody in the steroid era, they're not allowed to do anything in broadcasting? No, that's not what I'm saying. Same thing, but though. I, Same exact thing. But I have more trouble believing what they say about it. Like, oh, this is how this guy can get good playing baseball. Like, oh, who are you to talk? You took, you juiced up. That's how you hit all your home runs, you know? I mean, just because you don't do it doesn't mean you don't know how to do it. Like, I know, yeah, I, know. I know how to do some things, but it doesn't mean I Of course, he would actually, still be good without, yeah, without steroids. I understand yeah. that. It's just, I don't know. I think, I, no I can idea, see but. why you're, it's more of a, I can't say a vendetta. I guess it's a vendetta. But, like, your point is, they cheated, so how do they know? But they still know. They they know what the game is. They know they know the ins and outs of the game, and they can analyze it enough to go watch his shoulder dip a little bit. Like this, the steroids made him better, but they he knows what to do and the little things about how to swing. Because if you don't know the little things, the steroids aren't doing anything. Right, that's true. It is. It's. I just. I don't like. I was about to say I don't like forgiving people, which is not true. Because <laughs> you just, just go cold hearted. I, I don't wow. like forgiving people. No, I don't. Get no, away. I do like forgiving people. I just don't like seeing someone do one thing and then just having them do a different thing in the same sport and just have everyone like love them after. That just seems wrong to me. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a morals thing. I just I can't. I can't. Yeah. Accept it. All right. Uh, Hall of Fame stuff: Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, and Trevor Hoffman. Um, I'll get in. Chipper got 97% of the vote. Vladdy Daddy got 93. Uh, Jimmy got 8, 90, and Trevor Hoffman got 80. So, Edgar Martinez and Mike Messina just came up short. God, Mike Messina needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I loved Mike Messina. Loved watching Mike Messina pitch. Um, and I'm he was a Yankee. It doesn't mean I can't like watch the guy pitch. And Edgar Martinez, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised he's not already in. But I got no complaints. I was surprised Jim Tomey got in um, this early, but he is a Hall of Famer. I think all four of those guys are, and there's no question. Love Chipper Jones getting 97% of the vote. Um, I miss watching Vladimir Guerrero in an Expos uniform. Oh, those were the days. Um, No complaints for me. All four of those guys deserve to be in. Oh, yeah. I love this class. I absolutely love this class. A little shocked about Martinez as well, but and I'm a little shocked that um, Hoffman got in before... uh, Not Martinez. Oh, why am I blanking? Nah. Oh well, uh, Messina. That's who it is. <laughs> I'm surprised he got in before he before Messina. I think I think Mike Messina will be in the Hall of Fame. But overall, fantastic class. I I miss Vladimir Guerrero. I loved watching him play all the time. Him swinging at ridiculous pitches and making them home runs. Chipper Jones, obviously, like we're '90s babies. We grew up with that. And just the entire class, perfect. I I love it. I I have no complaints about it. Yeah, really good ball players. Obviously, Chipper was great, both hitting and fielding. So, 
I think that's that's a good one. He deserves that. Yeah, Guerrero was a fantastic hitter. Definitely one of the most feared hitters in the at least for a you know four or five year period where he was probably one of the most feared hitters in the league because he could just hit anything. So love that. Yeah, Tommy, I'm not surprised at all because I mean he played so long, 22 years, right. 612 home runs. That's yeah, that's a lot of home runs. I know it was a question of like possible steroids, but I don't think they ever confirmed anything. So, I mean, he was just a big oaf. I mean, he was just a big freaking dude. Guy was massive. Yeah. 6'4", 250, doing his big, uh, doing his long stare out with the bat. Pretty pretty, uh, pretty menacing. So, so that makes sense to me. You hit 612 home runs and you're not confirmed steroids. You definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And then, yeah, Hoffman, I mean, he's one of the best closers of all time. So, maybe the probably the second best closer of all time behind Rivera. So. Who will be in next summer. Yeah. Because so. he's, he's eligible next summer, so. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, Hoffman makes sense to me. I think over Messina, too, because there's a lot of great starters, but Hoffman was one of the best closers ever. So yeah. makes sense to me that he would get in. Martinez does concern me because, obviously, DH, we got the whole David Ortiz thing. Obviously, Ortiz has better numbers than Martinez, but it's still just like the mindset of getting a DH in the Hall of Fame. But I guess if, if he's this close and his numbers are that much worse than Ortiz's, then we should probably feel pretty comfortable in Ortiz getting in. If anyone's the first Ortiz, uh, DH to get in, it would be Ortiz. Like, if Edgar somehow doesn't doesn't get in, watch you watch, this will happen. Ortiz and Martinez will get in the same year. <laughs> Ortiz will be a that first would, ballot Hall of Famer, and Edgar will go in with him. That would make sense. He better be a first ballot. I just worry about people being stupid. He just needs to get in. Like, I don't care. Like, or they just need to get Ortiz in the Hall of Fame. Like, I would love to see him be a first ballot. I think he is a first ballot Hall of Famer for what he did here. But that being said, he just needs to get in. For all the clutch moments he had in the postseason, for all the clutchness that he just was he in what he did for this town, um, he's a Hall of Famer, hands down. Um, 541 homers, three World Series. I don't know how you can argue with that. Yeah, and the thing, that, get, the thing that gets me <laughs> is seeing this list makes me feel very, very old. Uh, because this list was like our childhood. So it cringes me to see Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, uh, Chipper Jones, Mike Messina is on the list. Like, Rivera's going to be in the Hall of Fame next year. Our childhood is going into the Hall of Fame is what's really happening now, which is scary. Um, so that will be... It, it's really, really weird. Uh, I might cry. What? When David Ortiz gets in, I might cry. Like, there might be tears. We might have to make a trip. We, we might have to make a trip. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'll go up for David Ortiz's injunction. I'll, I love Cooperstown. It'll be worth the drive. Oh. I will. I will camp out and just. I don't. Yep. I'll sleep on the sidewalk. Right. Live there. <laughs> I want to see that. All right. We're, we're going to leave it there. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat, Facebook Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff coming up this summer with the Red Sox coverage. So stay tuned for that and then of course the network at CLNS Media uh, and Facebook's the same thing don't forget the mobile podcast app follow all of us on Twitter and uh, yeah we'll, we'll be back next week we're going to start doing these regularly again because there's got to be something to talk about uh, with spring training in three weeks we're going to assume so uh, we're off of our hiatus because the, the depths of the darkness of winter are probably over at this point so uh, we'll be back next week for Lauren and Jess this is Jared uh, until then enjoy the lack of news